This is episode 10 of Parenting 2.0, The Focused Mindset. What happens when the subject of racism comes up in your home? How do you talk about diversity? Today, you get to listen in on a conversation I had about this subject with Coach Tia. Just love people. I mean, love people. When you see people being racist and all of that, realize it's not about the skin color, it's about the ignorance. Unfortunately, some people want to stay stuck in that place of ignorance. And in the world, I don't care how much we're doing in all this, there are still going to be people that believe what they believe and That's just them. Mm-hmm. You have to learn to separate from them as much as possible uh, and still be able to move forward. You've been upgraded to Parenting 2.0. New expectations requires a new mindset. The Focused Mindset. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. Raising kids is an amazing journey, and things don't always turn out as planned. Still, you get to share your life with an adult in training. This podcast will help you meet every new challenge with confidence and be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Today, I have another special guest, a parent, a fellow coach, somebody that I've been looking forward to you guys getting to know. I am welcoming Coach Tia to the broadcast here. Hi. Hi, hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad for you to hop on because a while back, we both were listening to Pat Flynn and I don't know exactly mm-hmm. how you did, but you found out that he was listening to the black voices today and all the black entrepreneurs. He mm-hmm. chose some people to be on his podcast right. and you were one of them. Yeah. And I listened to Pat Flynn's podcast and I was just listening to all of these black entrepreneurs and being mm-hmm. inspired. And mm-hmm. I told myself, if one of these people resonates with me and have something mm-hmm. in common with me, mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I can reach out to him. And exactly. then Coach Tia pops on. Here I and am. You were <laughs> speaking with authority and kindness and right. just that you had love in your voice. And I just loved mm-hmm. it. And then I was so glad at the end that you threw in your email and your information. And I was like, all right, I'm emailing this woman. So that's how we got in contact because I wanted to talk to you on the other side of the United States. I didn't know where you were from, but you're from Dallas, Texas Mm -hmm. and talk to you about parenthood, about all of this that's happened with COVID and then also what's been happening in our world with the racial tension. And why don't you tell me a little bit about you, how you came to be a coach and all of that kind of stuff. Wow. I, uh, you know, I spent so many years studying uh, family psychology. I started out in early childhood education and I always, I've always loved children. I've always loved just the, you know, the, the mindset of children. I've loved studying the mind and all that wonderful stuff. And what happened was, uh, as I said, I studied psychology and I wanted to be a family therapist. However, the more I became familiar with coaching, I realized that I wanted to help people get from their, you know, we acknowledge the past, but we, I wanted to get, start where people were and move forward. And I realized that's what coaches do. When I think about a football coach, a basketball coach, they help you with the here and and now. So we're going further. We're going, you know, out. And so that's where I decided if I work with 
people, with families, I can work one-on-one to really get in there, come up with a game plan, you know, and, and just get things started. And so that's where the coaching whole concept came from. So then you decided to start a podcast. How did that come about? Well, I'd always wanted to be on a podcast. I'd actually been, I I co-hosted a single mom's uh, radio show a few years ago, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And so I wanted to do something. I wanted to continue after the, uh, our show was over. I kept saying I wanted to do something. And what happened was, uh, I'd out, I mean, just the the biggest procrastinator, to be honest with you, but uh, my mom was actually in the hospital at the time. And she was um, just dealing with some serious health issues. And I remember coming home and just saying, you know, I'm ready to talk. I need someone to talk to. And I started podcasting. I literally turned on the microphone and started talking. And as I talk, I, I found myself being healed and getting better and getting stronger. And so here I am. I wanted a tool and resources so that I could share with my families. And podcasting has allowed me to do that. When, what is your message of your podcast? My message is that families deal with all seasons. There's so many things that happen within families. We're giving birth, we're, you know, children are going off to college. We have, you know, marriages, divorces, you know, singlehood. Uh, We have just, uh, you know, being caretakers of our elderly parents. And so I wanted to create an opportunity so that we could talk about the seasons that family members go through. I Mm -hmm. wanted people to be able to go onto the podcast and if they're going through, you know, having a baby, I want them to find a podcast that they could resonate with. So that's what it's about, being able to connect with our families. And what's it called? Family Seasons by Coach Tia. Family Seasons. That's so beautiful. Thank and, you. And, rem- and memorable. So that's it. Exactly. That's <laughs> so something that you and I began to talk about when after I reached out, we decided to go ahead and have a phone call. And we began to talk about the importance of helping families in their home to be change change agents and to be mm-hmm. willing to have tough conversations uh, in many regards, not only mm-hmm. about race, about how important what we do at home affects our world. Mm-hmm. And I I love your message about that. But I thought, I mean, have you do you have you had experiences where you've seen that make a difference in your family? Without a doubt, I am. I am a reflection of what I was taught in my home. My children are a representative of what I'm teaching them, you know, in the home. And so when your children show up in the world, they are showing up based upon what they've been taught in the home. And so it all goes back to the home. The home is where, you know, it's a haven. It's a place of safety. It's a place of nurturing. That's where the lessons begin, the life lessons begins. And so the home means everything. And it's so powerful to make sure that when we're uh, with my daughters, when I'm talking to them, that I'm talking to them about subjects and things that are going to uh, help them not just in their life right now, but in their future, how they show up in the world means everything depending on how, you know, as far as what I'm teaching them at home. For my daughters, when they have thoughts or when they're talking about things, I want to make sure that we deal with it now because when they get out into the world, that's a whole new situation. And so I want to make sure that whatever we're dealing with or whatever they're dealing with, we're dealing with it at home first. Mm -hmm. And as a result, it just, it just helps them be more open and understanding, you know, when they go out into the world. So where you're living and where I'm living, 
clear across the United States of America. Exactly. We've talked about so many differences. We all have different, exper different experiences in life. Right. And we all have different experiences culturally. Mm -hmm. And you as a black woman have had mm -hmm. completely different experiences, although you and I are the same age. We're walking along on mm -hmm. this earth the same times, but right. a completely different outlook on life. Right. And that is why I was so excited to talk to you, to see some things through your eyes and to be able to find out um, how you see your world. You know, right. um, you've been very open in the last few weeks in your podcast talking mm -hmm. about some of the things that you deal with that mm -hmm. other people might assume doesn't happen in this world anymore. They might think that it's not a big deal. And mm -hmm. I'm interested to find out if you could conjure up a memory about a time in your home could have gone wrong maybe, but it was mm -hmm. a tough situation and you guys had to work through that. I'm really interested in hearing about that. Every day we live in this black skin. And the beauty of it is that I'm teaching my daughters and not just my daughters, but even extended family. I have nephews and such. And I, I, I always encourage them that because of this beautiful black skin, there are things that we are forced to deal with that, you know, maybe other races are not dealing with, such as I had a, a years ago, one of my nephews had actually been stopped by the police, by police and basically all the, the officers were white officers. And so what happened is that without any questioning, they immediately put him in a car, you know, considered he was guilty and such. But what happened is that my nephew could have died in the back seat of that car. And literally the, the windows were rolled up, rolled up. He had handcuffs on. I mean, they were convicting him of something and, and, you know, he was innocent, but the fact that he had to go through this and it had it not been for another officer to pull up and say, Hey, this guy is passing out. I mean, you, this guy's in the backseat of a, of a hot car, you know, help him. And if had it not been for the other officer to pull up to, you know, to tell him to, to get them to open the door and, you know, put the windows down, our story could have been, it, it could have been really tragic. These are the things that we deal with on a daily basis. So they know that when they are pulled over by an officer or whatever, when we're going into the stores or what have you, there are things that we have to be extra because of that. I'm a black woman, you know, I'm a black woman. I carry myself in a, in a certain way and such. And despite that, when an officer pulls up behind me, I still have those thoughts based upon experiences not because i've ever been in trouble and things you know things like that but i have to be extra and so i teach that to my daughters you know when you're stopped by the uh, police officers and you will be more than likely you will be not because you're doing anything but being black when you are this is how you handle yourself you respect them you give them the respect you listen to them these are the lessons that we talk about now. And I'm not, you know, I don't believe that all races are having those conversations with their, you know, 14 and, and, and 11 year olds, but this is. Have you ever had an experience where your daughter came home and you knew that they had been uh, somehow racial, racially profiled in some form and you knew that you had to have that tough conversation with them. And how did that go? Without a doubt, my daughter was in school and it's funny, but in this particular school, she was one of the few blacks that were in this class. And she told me that once I dropped her off and I had just gotten her hair done, she had braids in her hair, just as beautiful and everything. And once I dropped her off, uh, the teacher asked her, you know, she told her, your hair is so pretty, your hair is so beautiful. She says, can I touch it? And my daughter was like, well, I don't know, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. And 
And when I, when I picked my daughter up and she asked me, she says, you know, the teacher asked me because she touched my hair. And I said, well, how did that make you feel? She says, I don't know, because I've never seen her touching anyone else's hair. And so that's a conversation that I had to have with her because of that experience. It made her feel it, awkward. It made her feel very awkward. And she also had another situation. She was in a school and she loved the teacher, loved, loved, loved the teacher. And at that time, uh, the president, Barack Obama, had just been, uh, had just been, uh, became president. And I mean, he had just won the election like uh, the day before. And so my daughter, as a little black girl, we, we shouted and we hip hip hooray and all of that because they saw little black girls, you know, about to come up in, into a very, you know, just an amazing position. Mm -hmm. And she went to school and she was telling her teacher about it. And her teacher was a, was a white lady and her teacher said, oh, but he's not my president. Wow. That crushed me because I had so much respect for her for that school and to my daughter gets in the car and she says, mom, Miss so-and-so says he won't be her president. She says, why? And then you had to have that conversation. And I had to have that conversation with her. And she said, but mom, he hasn't done anything yet. I said, I know he's, I mean, he just won the election. And so we haven't even had an opportunity to see what he's going to do or not. But these are the conversations that we have. Yeah. And it's interesting that both of the things that you just thought of were people that were in authority. Exactly. You know, because she then was put in a situation where she needed to respect them, but she questioned what, what just happened there. Exactly. 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 And that's the importance of them being able to come home and have that conversation with you. Most definitely. And I, I, if, if more parents could say, I want to open up the conversation and listen to my kids mm -hmm. about what they go through and then stop and really decide on purpose the message that they want to put out after that. Right. Because that means everything. Yeah. You could have been, that could have gone a completely different direction. Right. You know, you could have been the type of person that then was like, well, that just figured to go off. You know what I right. mean? Right. Exactly. And what message would have that told her? Exactly. Instead, you were able to say, how did that make you feel? You know, exactly. Continue through with that. Those are tough conversations in the home because we want to naturally just do what we've always heard or maybe what we, uh, our natural instinct is sometimes mm -hmm. not the healthiest instinct to move forward with our kids if we want a bright future and that's true society you know exactly exactly it, i'm telling you it really it, it but it, it takes me having to have experienced some things and i've grown to this place and so i've educated myself on this i work i mean i'm intentional about being a better me so that i can be a better parent to them because they are going to look to me and they want to know, okay, why does she want to touch my hair? Or why is she saying that, you know, he's not going to be her president. They, they're going to want to know those things. This is what we go through being black. Mm -hmm. Basically, this is what we go through. And I believe all parents go through, you know, to some extent, regardless of, 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 of color, but definitely in the black culture, these are questions that, that our children, they're coming to us and they want to know, okay, why is this? Mm -hmm. Or why not that? Yeah. And it could be that, um, that parents maybe aren't preparing themselves for those whys. You know, it could be that all of the things that happen in this world right now as we speak and, uh, and, and the people beginning to start conversations, mm -hmm. my hope is that it allows people to decide how they're going to answer those type of questions right. moving forward and to decide based on a future, a preferred future. You know, I don't know about you, but you know, us being coaches, 
we both believe in what is your preferred future? What do you want that future to look like? Well, that also, we have a responsibility as adults Mm -hmm. in this world Mm -hmm. to act in a way that will most emulate our preferred future. And if there's something that we aren't comfortable with or that isn't happening in our preferred future, I like to question myself and have others, well, how, what do I need to do to be that little change towards that preferred future? Exactly. Exactly. You know? That's true. What she has been taught from the beginning is that there is nothing wrong with being who you are. You have a right, a right to be proud and to speak up and to stand up and to, to, to be who you are. And that's good. There's nothing wrong in the world with that. So, but it goes back, like I said, with that teaching them, who are they? Helping them learn who they are. Helping them be good with who they are. Helping them realize that I am who I am. And And either accept me or not, you know? Yes. And when they go out into the world with a a healthy self-image and a self-image that they they have confidence at that point Mm -hmm. of who they are. Exactly. Confidence... Yes, it's, it can come from just um, them being them and they love who they are. But when those moments come, mm-hmm. then they can think, oh, that was weird, but I know who I am. And yeah. then they have that strength. Is that what you're talking exactly. about? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. You know, it's so crazy because we're talking about some of the differences and the similarities. And mm-hmm. I went to um, 13 different schools when I was a kid because we moved around a lot. And I've lived in many different communities that we started in Washington state and moved down. And at one point Mm -hmm. after my parents got divorced, we moved to San Bernardino and we moved to a place in San Bernardino where there was hardly any white people at that Mm -hmm. point. I was really Mm -hmm. one of the only ones that was my freshman year Mm -hmm. of high school. Mm -hmm. And I was extremely intimidated. Um, I just would walk with my head down because I knew that if I looked up and looked at any of those black girls, even just slightly cross-eyed that I was, Mm -hmm. I felt like I would definitely have a problem. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I I don't know if, um, I don't know what we're talking about right now really brings me to that place where I had to learn through that. You know, Mm -hmm. I had to learn through that. Now, yes, I was only there a year. And a lot of what I learned is keep my head down and don't talk to people. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But did it change the person I am for the better or the worse? Mm -hmm. And I honestly believe that hard situations, Mm -hmm. hard conversations can, you can choose within you to make that, make that lead you towards being a better person. Right. Or you can cower back and say, oh, wow, there's these these things that made me uncomfortable, that must make me wrong. You know, that may, must make me have a problem. But I had lived in so many different situations at that point that I had a vision of, well, this is how this community is, not that it was me. And that's a mm. very tough thing for the younger the kid is. It's a tougher thing for them exactly. to step out of and be like, wait a minute, something might feel very different when I go mm-hmm. into a place, but I know who I am. Therefore, I'm going to be okay. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, wow, that's a hard thing to do as parents. I mean, let's just get, parenting is hard. It's Parenting is really hard. It's tough. (laughs) It's tough. Parenting is not an easy thing, you know? Exactly. This is not an easy task. Right. But um, let's talk a little bit about some of that preferred future that we had talked about. And uh, 
how we want to, I, I kind of like when we've talked a little bit in your podcast about changing the generations in front of us for the positive and for the better. And I know that things were completely different, even a few generations back with my grandparents. Mm -hmm. and I want to see that cha much change and more moving forward. Mm -hmm. okay. Exactly. And um, what are some of the things that you've seen in your community, in your world, in your, just that, that, that's positive change. So let's just talk about a little bit of positivity here. <laughs> exactly, right, exactly. And that's what it's all about. You know, even the conversations that we're having, it's about being positive, about, you know, making sure that we're putting out into, putting positive energy out into the world and just encouraging parents, encouraging people to, you know, try this. And if that doesn't work, okay, let's try that. Because basically there are no right or wrong necessarily. We're just giving tips and tools that we believe will benefit and really help. And so, um, you know, I look at it, one of the things that in our home, we were always taught to love everybody. And that came from my parents. I mean, my mom would always say, you know, they were taught to love everybody, regardless of race and, you know, skin color and all of that. They were taught to love everyone, to respect people. And I, I, I'm so grateful for that opportunity because, you know, although my mom and, and, you know, my dad, their experiences were a little bit different, but they still had rich relationships with all, you know, with different races. They didn't see white people as being, you know, um, the bad people. They, you know, as they would always tell you, I mean, they, their, their parents and such had, you know, some of their best of friends were different, you know, were white and such. And so that has trickled down into who I am today as a person. Mm -hmm. It's always important for me to just love people. I mean, love people. When you see people being racist and all of that, realize it's not about the skin color, it's about the ignorance. And unfortunately, some people want to stay stuck in that place of ignorance. And in the world, I don't care how much we're doing in all this, there are still going to be people that believe what they believe and that's just them. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to separate from them as much as possible. Uh, and still be able to move forward and, and realize that, okay, we have an opportunity. We get one chance at living this thing called life. How much better can we leave the world by our actions today? And so when we were talking to our children, we're encouraging them to, you know, people say, well, I don't see color. Well, you, then you're colorblind. I mean, you know, we see color, yeah. but acknowledge color, respect and honor different color, uh, colors, different cultures, different races honor and respect that learn from it be okay with it it's nothing to fear when you come up to a place of of knowledge when you want to know step out there learn something different my daughter had me at a japanese store the other day and she you know she's into the k-pop she's really big in k-pop and so everything is about k-pop and we go out and we get uh boba tea and we do um i mean just if it's different she's ready to try it. and i totally support her in this that opens up a world that we had never experienced before because walking into the store she was like well mom what are they going to say i said i don't know but let's go you know we're going together and they were so accepting and it was okay and no one looked at us and and and, and it's strange and weird that's the kind of richness that I want to leave them with. I want them to have those experiences to say that you're, it's okay to be you and it's okay to be different. And let's go to the Japanese store and let's go get mochi ice cream. I don't know if it's called ice cream or not, but that's like one of her favorite things. <laughs> and so, um, but that's the beauty of it. 
you know, being able to say, hey, I'll, let me go into that neighborhood. Let me go and try this. Let me go and see what this is about. Let me go and have that conversation. Yeah, Communicating effectively, yeah. Because our, our, the assumptions that we conjure up of how it might be is completely different when we just exactly. jump in and do it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And when she, because I know when she said, Mom, I want to go somewhere, I said, Well, where do you want to go? And I knew that's the youngest one. She loves it. She's all about cooking and trying different things. And so I knew it was going to be different. No. I just didn't know how different. She's 11. Oh, okay. And so she said, You know, I want to go to this Japanese store. I said, Well, where did she find it? She says, I Googled it. I said, Okay, well, let's see. <laughs> so we get in line with everybody else. And, you know, we put our mask and gloves on and we go on in the store. And we have a beautiful, you know, memory of, of all the fun snacks you picked out and so um but that's what it, that's what parenting looks like today yes healthy parenting looks like that today it's about allowing your children to step out there and be good with with everybody mm-hmm. you know exactly that's I, that's because what i feel well because they're seeing it out there exactly. out there because of the internet and because of the technology that our kids are a part of um they're see, they're being introduced to all of these different things. Right. And then it's our uh, job as parents in today's world to help them celebrate the differences that they're seeing Exactly. and dive right in there, you know, exactly. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> exactly. I know my oldest daughter sings. Uh, I mean, I mean, she's so funny, but her, she can sing just, just all different genres of music. And, and you ought to hear her singing songs that I'm like, girl, where did you learn it from? But that's the beauty of letting them be who they are and being accepting of the different cultures. And, but I can only, uh, it scares me when I think of, some families not allowing that. Yes. And that's the reality. Yeah. We're still in a world where families are not accepting of that. I agree. It's still not okay to date outside of your race. Mm-hmm. It's still not okay to have a best friend that doesn't look like you. Yep. And I think that sometimes it's with our generation, there's this unspoken, you know, before it was very open. It was very exactly. open, you know, let's say go two generations back they're going to be very open about saying, why are you bringing that person home Mm -hmm. to us? Right. Mm -hmm. And then the next generation, the hippie generation or whatever, they might say that a little bit, but it's kind Mm -hmm. of in jest, but everyone knows. And now there's this whole unspoken thing. And then once the doors close, they might say stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. but we're responsible as parents for that too. Exactly. It's about taking responsibility, Mm -hmm. really not hiding from it, you know, just not hiding from it at all and saying, look, these are the issues that our world faces. And if we want to change them, we need to do something different. We need to say something different. And it's, it's, it's a challenge because like you said, it's all still there. But Mm -hmm. if we just keep repeating the same thing Mm -hmm. we've always done, then we're not going to say, Oh, you're into K-pop. Let's head out to the store that you found on Google. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I'm telling you. And, 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 you know, the beauty of it is that, how we change is that we start having conversations with our children. Find out where they're thinking. Find out where they are in their thoughts. Find out, you know, what are they seeing? What are they saying? They're, and as you just said on internet, I mean, they're exposed to these different cultures. I mean, they're in schools. I mean, they're in choirs. My daughter is in, one of my daughters is in choir and, you know, it's, it's a mix of everybody. And so they're, they are already out there. So as parents, we've got to catch up. We've got to be the one to say, hey, you know what? Okay, so 
like I said, I mean, when my daughters, you know, they love K-pop. So they're like, okay, well, who is BTS? And I'm like, well, what is BTS saying? I said, and you don't even understand. She says, well, mom, read the caption. I'm like, okay, well, let me get my glasses and I'll read the caption. So that if, because if it's important to you, then it's going to be important to me. Those are the yeah. kind of things that help us heal, that help us gain knowledge of different cultures. And it encourages our children to be different and unique and to love that about themselves. And so, you know, I'm the biggest K-pop fan now. I'm like, <laughs> I don't get it out. I don't understand what they're saying, but I'm, I'm there. <laughs> you know, well, I'm there. Part of it too is that how we want to find that balance between our kids 100% celebrating who they are, mm -hmm. but also understanding their uniqueness. They don't have to stay in a certain wall or certain boundaries. They can break out of that and we can celebrate that with them as well. Exactly. That's the beauty of life. That's why, you know, I, I'm one that, you know, I am naturally, I'm an inspirational person. And so I used to wonder why am I always the one to, you know, see the glass as, as being half, half full. And it's, you know, I took an assessment of, of uh, actually earlier this year and sure enough, my top super strength is being inspirational. <laughs> and it's just something that, you know, um, it, it, it helps me. I didn't understand it, but I get it now. In our world, we need to be healed. It's okay to be happy and it's okay to be whole and it's okay that things have happened to you in your past. But let's right now, let's just embrace those things and let's move forward. Let's learn what we need to learn. You know, let's let's weed out, you know, I say this with racism, let's weed out the racist people. Let's pray for them. Let's deal with that, you know, as, as much as we can. But for the most part, let's move forward. Let's deal with it. Let's acknowledge it. Let's have the conversations. And we're going to move forward in a healthy manner. Yes. We've, we've got to eradicate racism. Now, can we do it? Maybe, maybe not, but we are responsible in our own homes. And if every home would take that responsibility as being theirs, I know change would happen because the home is right there. I mean, that's the first lesson. That's the first place of, of teaching and all that goodness. So it starts right there in the home. Yeah. And I've mentioned to you before that sometimes I look at my little kids and I'm saying, I am making the change right now because it's my grandkids and great grandkids right. that I'm speaking into, you know, I'm, I'm see, and, and then I love what you said to go back to what you said about learning from our kids. You mm -hmm. didn't say it directly, but I, that's what I got that learning right. from our kids. You know, we can do one of two things. We can hear something that irks us and is a little odd and we could be like, what? And just mm -hmm. kind of dismiss them. Mm -hmm. Or we can say, well, Tell me about that. Where did you hear it? How did you hear it? What's cool about it? You know, mm -hmm. to you. And mm -hmm. I am going through that journey myself because I raised my kids to be extremely cultural diverse, culturally diverse. Mm -hmm. And now they're turning around as young adults and teaching me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's the way it happens. I'm telling you. <laughs> right. And sometimes I want to say, oh, well, I know how things are. And then I have to step back and say, you know what? I want to hear from their world. Right. I want to hear what they're seeing. What right. is my daughter seeing when she goes to college? What is she experiencing? And, and then two things happen. One is I can see it through her eyes and it's nice as mm -hmm. a parent to be able to do that. Step back. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Another thing that happens is that you're empowering them to be mm -hmm. the change in their world. Right. You know, by turning around and saying, all right, I'm going to empower you. You exactly. know, go out there and be that change. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. And then when you, I think about how, uh, with, I go back to the situation that happened with, you know, my nephew, as I said, you know, what happened, had it not been for us continuing to 
talk to him and to teach him and to let him know that no, that was racism that that almost killed you in that car. It was not about the color of the skin. Mm -hmm. And I listen to him now, you know, years later, how when you know he's a he's a bike rider, he rides motorcycles, and so when they get out there on those bikes, I mean, it's a rainbow of everybody out there, you know. But and he loves that. I mean, just the the opportunities that he's had, you know, had has experienced because although that happened that could have left a very sour taste in in his mouth or just a thought that you know all whites are this way yeah but but now when they get out and they ride their bikes i mean literally it's like everybody out there and yeah. you know that's that's how you know that th this works when you're talking when you're communicating when you're teaching uh, when you're open and all those things, we know it works. I mean, you know, in your own life and your own experiences, it works when you teach, when you're talking to these kids, when you're listening to what has happened to them, and then you turn around and you say, okay, but this is why, and let's try that. Mm -hmm. That makes all the difference in the world. We can't leave them with the negative thing that has happened to scar them forever. That's There's too much life. That, that right there is an amazing lesson because yeah. We remember the, the past things that have happened, right? but we don't remain in that place. Exactly. You know, exactly. like you, whatever you guys did as a family, you didn't want that young man to remain trapped in the back of that car with that right. feeling. Exactly. You him to come out of there and say, okay, now that you had that experience right? and racism was a part of that experience where you right. can move forward. And then you can see these years go by and mm -hmm. say, it didn't define him or else he went to chose to do a, a sport that has a whole bunch of different races in it. You know, it didn't I know exactly. It's a beautiful thing. You know? it, I'm telling you, it's beautiful that it, it, it pays to right now. Talk to your children. We can't express that enough. Have those conversations in the family. Go, let's go back to the dinner table. I know sometimes we've moved so far away from the dinner table conversations, but that's where if, if we, we, we've removed the table and now, you know, there's, you know, things seem to just be, you know, so just awry and so much healing can happen. So many positive things can happen when we bring that table back. When we sit back at the table and, you know, not literally just the table, but just, you know, I don't care if it's sitting outside, you know, uh, in, you know, just enjoying one another, but have the conversations. Let's talk to our children. And as a result, as, as we talk to them and we listen and learn from them, better, better happens, greater happens. It works. Family meetings are huge. I am a huge advocate. We'll have a family meeting at a in the middle of Brahms or in the middle of McDonald's. It doesn't matter. You know, I'll take out a napkin and we're sitting there and my daughters and I will start talking and writing and I'm writing these thoughts down. Wherever we're sitting and talking, let's 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 really let's communicate. Let's use that opportunity. When did you start coining it a family meeting or how did that all come to come about for you guys? Forever, we, I grew up having them and didn't know exactly what it was. Friday nights were our time, were our was our family time. But as I, I spent more time in my studies, learning more about the impact of communicating and talking, I began using family meetings. And I'm telling you, it's just, now I hear it more often. I hear so many people saying family meetings, they are powerful. And this is what I say, you know, in my coaching sessions, the family meetings that I encourage my families to have, they are, it's a requirement. There is not a, an option. No, it is a requirement. Mm -hmm. And when you are having these family meetings, making sure that I have an agenda for the most part, I usually have an agenda and I teach the, the parents to have an agenda about what you want to talk about, you know, um, so that we can get to the point, we can get directly to the point. We can talk about what we need to talk about. 
and um, allow one another to communicate, talk about the ideas, what have you, come up with a plan, create a plan, and we move forward. But it starts in the family meeting. I just, it's essential. When I'm coaching families, they have to agree to, um, to, to the families coming together for meetings. It's just important because if not, everyone is in different, going different directions. All, all teams have a, have a, a game plans and we sit at the table and we have, we put our game plans together during our family meetings. Because mm-hmm. we're a team. We're a team. We are a team and we have roles and we need to know what those roles are. And only in that family meeting will you get to know what your role is. Mm-hmm. And to be able to have everyone be listened to. And then they will be comfortable to have the tough conversation. Without a doubt. Right? Because I think some families might come together and it's just, they stop at the agenda, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> they just have the agenda and the kids exactly. are like, great, well, what are we talking about right now? Mm-hmm. But it's more of a discussion, right? To mm-hmm. bring everybody out into the light and let them talk freely. Exactly. I believe strongly that now everyone feels the fear of the unknown more than we ever, ever had in the past. And it's because of this outbreak of COVID-19 and Mm -hmm. us watching our world change in such a drastic way. Right. Um, You and I talked about how it affected you differently than it did for many of us because you were already homeschooling, I believe. Mm -hmm. Right. But going into that talk, because it really is, might be the reason why people were all able to stop and have conversations about race and all kinds of other issues mm-hmm. is because of this amazing event in our life where we all were stopped in our tracks and had mm-hmm. to go home and couldn't go out and couldn't go anywhere. And how did that affect you as a parent? As a parent, as I said, we were already homeschooling. And so, you know, majority of our teaching and everything was done at home. However, when COVID-19 hit, it still rocked us so until um, it knocked us completely off schedule. We were, of course, no one was expecting this, but, you know, we were on such a routine. Uh, There were things that we did. There were trips that we would still take and classes and all that. But when we were forced to do it, it was like, okay, wait a minute, you know, okay, what, what's going on? So it took a lot for the girls. And honestly, they're still trying to get it together, but it took a lot for the girls to really just um, find some balance in there. And, you know, even to this day, I mean, just when we think, okay, I'm in Texas. And so some of the places are beginning to shut down again, just when we think we've kind of, you know, seen uh, lots of improvement, here we go again. And so what it does is that it, it it has taught me for sure that there are some things we just will not be able to control. Uh, it taught it has taught me one of the things I always said that uh, when it hit is that it's, it was so important to have a home, to have a haven, because I would hear a couple of things. I would hear, oh, we are stuck at home, mm. or we get to be at home, and it's like, okay, so what what's the difference in those two things? When you create a haven, you get to be at home. When you just have all kind of things going on, things are just running rampant in the house, then you're stuck at home. That's how I begin to decipher the two. Because sure, I mean, you know, we're home, but we we were able to make do with, with what we, you know, with what we had because we we got to be at home. And you know, of course it was difficult, but by the same token, we were we had a family, and so we we're able to just be here and to do what we needed to do. We, we put a pool out back in the back and we put patio things. We just made more of what we were already creating, you know? 
we're right. at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, well, we're doing it at home. Let's I just know. Hey, let's just do it at home. Here we go. But that's such a distinction there mm-hmm. of saying, do we get to be at home or do we have to be at home? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. And just reframing that a little bit because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Right. And as we're speaking, when this podcast comes out, a lot of parents have a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. about how school is going to look. Right. You know, there's some areas where it looks like school's going to go back just fine. And then, like you said, you'll get a message that things are shutting down again or things change. And Mm -hmm. we're so sick and tired of change. I don't know about you guys, but um, for us, first, it was always like, well, when we, when this all blows over, you know, we'll get back to normal. And then, well, what will be our new normal? And now what I'm hearing is everyone is collectively going, we don't know what the heck is going on. I know. (laughs) We really don't. We don't know. Right. So Mm -hmm. what would you say to parents even now, because we don't know, of what they can do to begin to make their home a safe haven where they all are comfortable being in, in times of change like this? Yeah, that's going to be really important. Um, being able to just create a safe space, you know, create a place. It doesn't have to be all, you know, you have all the extra amenities at home and, you know, you have the big pool and the playground in the backyard. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter, you know, where, uh, what you call home. The fact is that you create the haven by bringing in the love, bringing in, you know, uh, the opportunities for you all to just share rich experiences such as baking or, you know, fixing meals or my daughter, one of my daughters, as I said, she loves cooking and such. So we're always on YouTube and she's constantly looking for different recipes and, and, you know, it's just, but it falls back on my attitude. And of course, as adults, we don't know what's going on. We're just kind of, you know, especially we were just winging it. I mean, we were literally just winging it. Now we're a little better, you know, now we know, you know, okay, there is a possibility that we may be home a little bit longer, but we are, it's important for us to have our grips on things so that we can, you know, be able to share that with our children, because if we're upset and all over the place, so will they, they'll Mm -hmm. do the exact same thing. So I just, you know, highly suggest that parents, you know, just find a place of comfort, you know, uh, order books. If your children are into books, you know, this may be a time when you, I, I seem like I started spending a little bit more because, you know, then they really thought, well, mom, let's get this music and let's get this channel and let's get this. And let's, but I did what I had to do, what I, what we needed to do in order to create uh, just some more of a, of a, a, a happy place in our yes. home. And so, yeah, we, we went to the store, we went to, uh, I think it's like five below and we bought board games and we have Uno. And so whatever it takes to just keep us going, to keep us sane, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that all of us, I, I was reliving the journey with you as you were saying it of us winging it. <laughs> really? We didn't know. We were all winging it. We're like, exactly. okay, this is completely uncharted territory for all of us. Exactly. <laughs> and did you ever have a moment with your, especially your youngest one, where all of a sudden she realized that, oh man, this is real. I'm not going to visit my friends or anything. And she just kind of lost it. Or is she just kind of living you know, have you ever had that moment where she's really had to face what's going on here? Yeah, well, actually for the oldest one, because uh, more so because she was a part of the choir and, you know, although they're homeschooled, I still had them involved in different activities. And so the things that she used to dread going to, 
when she couldn't go, it really rocked her world. And I saw that on her to the point where she was saying, mom, I wish I could go to choir. And I'm thinking, yeah, now, you know, now it's finally happening because every time I had to almost like drag you to get there. So now you want to be there. But I really had to make sure she was okay. And that's what I tell parents, you know, look for those signs, even when they're not saying anything, but look for those nonverbal signs to find out really how are they feeling? This has been so different for our children. If it's been completely difficult for us, imagine the children. I mean, they can't go out to the different places that they used to go to. They can't be with their friends. Uh, so talk to those children, making sure that they're still okay, making sure they're okay. Uh, keep them off of the internet and off the, you know, as far as you can, as much as you can from what's going on as far as the numbers keep rising. I know my daughter, the youngest, she says, but mom, they say that it's getting worse and it's getting worse. And every day she had a new story on it's getting worse. And I said, okay, enough of that. <laughs> I'll be the one to watch the news. You just be your 11 year old self. I'll keep up with the updates. And that helped a lot also. Yes. So um, yeah, talking to the kids, exactly. Yeah, I like that advice a lot because um, we can be the gatekeeper for the news if right. possible. We have to be. Yeah. Well, because they can't sort it all. I mean, they want to, and they're doing the best they can, Right. but they, there's no way that they can comprehend. I know that my daughter started having very odd dreams at one point. Right. And I think it's just because there was so much she was actually trying to process mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. it was coming out in her dreams. And we really had to do some relaxation techniques and some just right. finding some peace and making sure that she was in that good place. So I like that you touched on the nonverbal things mm -hmm. that you see in your kids that doubt. could be because of the stress that's happening around us. Yeah, they are stressed. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot for parents. And, you know, like I say, we're just, we out here trying to figure it out. Sometimes I'm watching them and if they're all cool and calm and I'm thinking, okay, then I'll just join them because right now I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I don't know. So, and, and, you know, and let me also say that it's okay not to know parents, you know, you don't have to know it all. And that's the, the great thing about it. When you relax and just say, you listen, if they're, they're coming to you and they're asking you questions, say, listen, I don't really know. You know, I, I don't know. And that's okay to say, I don't know. And you say, I don't know. And, you know, maybe we can find an answer at some point. But right now, we don't know. So let's just walk in this thing hand in hand and let's see how it turns out. So, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> without a doubt. Well, this has been a great conversation. I mean, I, I learned so much from you and I just want to thank you so much for being willing to even respond to that email and mm -hmm. jump outside your own comfort zone even to be like, well, what's this all about? You know, exactly. um, I think that we're starting, you know, a friendship that we can just share things and, exactly. and run stuff past each other in the type of way that it's the type of difference that we want to have in our world. Right. And so I want to thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. It has definitely been my pleasure. I have truly enjoyed it. I've been looking forward to this, I mean, all week. So this is a wonderful thing. I'm, I'm excited about it. So yeah, thank collaborating you. with people, not just the people that are in our inner circles, but with people that we'd never come across. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. And through basically through podcasts, <laughs> exactly, podcasts are amazing things, people. You've got to go out there and look up some podcasts of the things that you're that are very interesting to you, but also some things that are outside the norm, so you can get all exactly. of that rich diversity in your life. <laughs> Please so, do, yeah, yeah. So with that, I I need to learn more about um, where people can find you, 
you know, do you do coaching online as well? Give us a little, a little about you and your business. I, I definitely do virtual coaching. I, I love one-on-one. I love being able to go into the home, but because of COVID, we can't do that. So we'll use Zoom and we'll use uh, any form of technology to get together. But um, I would say my heart is always in just helping families figure this thing out. And it's not because I'm ha- I have all the answers, but I come into the world to help them come up with the answers. Because a lot of times we know, you know, intuitively we know we just need direction. We need uh, someone to help us build that thing. And that's what coaches, coaching is all about. Uh, I come into the world to help them build that thing, to help them create a family dream. So many families have no clue that they should have at least one family dream, something that they're working on together. And so, you know, as a family life coach, I come in and I help you create that dream. What's that one thing, whatever that goal is. And the reason why I say it's so important to have a family dream, because I want to help uh, families learn how to work together. When you learn how to work together with one thing, then that's going to trickle into everything that you're doing. That opens the communication when you know you're working on this family goal. Everyone has committed to making it happen. It opens communication. And even the teenagers that don't want to talk sometimes, I mean, even they get excited about it. So whatever it takes to, you know, create that effective communication in the families, that's what it's about. And so um, you can find me at coachtia.com. I do parenting workshops where I help parents focus on their super strengths. So that means that we're going to parent from our strengths as opposed to our weaknesses. With those strengths, then what does it do? My top strength is inspirational. There are great there's greatness in being an inspirational parent. However, there are times when I have to fall back because the kids don't want to hear the inspiration. They want to, okay, mom, that's not realistic. Okay, what else? So I help them figure out, you know, how do we kind of wade through those, those uh, super strengths? More or less, how do we lean on each other's strengths together, each of us? Bottom line, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, I hope a lot of people head your way. And I, my hope is that we're able to just share listeners, you know, and one day yes. we'll end up going to, I don't know, some podcast place and we'll all meet each other's listeners and it will be one big happy family. So that would be amazing. Perfect. That'll be Perfect. my dream. How about that? I'll, I'll take on to that dream. That sounds good. And thank you for being here. Thank you. If you want to hear more, head over to Family Seasons with Coach Tia. In that podcast, I was a guest for Coach Tia, and you can hear more about our conversation. But I want to challenge you like I always do. Find a time this week that you can have a family meeting. And if there's subjects rolling around that you guys aren't talking about that needs to be brought to light, talk about it and listen to your kids. And I wonder, do you ever feel like you need age-appropriate ways for your child to learn things like empathy and how to have true acceptance for themselves and for others? If so, I say pick up a copy of your own Big Life Journal. It's an excellent way to do just that, and I use it in counseling and coaching and with my child, and I'm excited to be able to provide you with an affiliate link that I'm going to leave in the show notes. If you click there, you're going to be able to get your very own copy of the Big Life Journal today. Are you new to the Focused Mindset? If so, thank you for joining me. Feel free to download, subscribe, share, And if you want to learn more, go to www.thefocusedmindset.com 
or email me at share at thefocusedmindset.com. And it's come to that time for me to sign off. Get out there and make a difference in the world, guys. And until next time, take care.